Hi, I'm Pastor Roger Brown. God has gifted me the pleasure to pastor a dynamic, spirit-filled church called Life Changers Church International right here in Pittsburgh, Kansas. I believe God will use this sermon to impact your life and bring His greatness out of you. Man, I hope you get something out of this that will change your life. God bless you. Your time is very important, so I'm going to get right to the message. Have a wonderful day. Reset series, and we've been talking about reset, not recess. <laughs> reset, amen, and the power that God does in our life, amen. How many knows that sometimes we just need a reset? Amen. Ain't it funny how, how we'll reset our phones, reset our computers, we'll reset uh, circuit breakers that goes out and different things. But when our life gets plumb a mess, we just, we just don't stop long enough to reset. I mean, I mean it's, like, it's like we get so busy, we start going through things so much that we forget that, you know, God has the power. Amen. When we just come to that place and we, and, and we just do that reset in him and we say, Lord, I want to stop for just a minute and I want to repent in some areas of my life. Did you know that when, when you got saved, that's a great thing and that's kind of an easy thing because you came to church, you felt God move on you and so, so you decided to give your life to him because you wanted a better life. But staying saved is the hard part. That's where the enemy really likes to come to you and tell you that you ain't saved. But that's when we tell him, you didn't save us. So you can't talk to me like that. Come on, somebody. And we go through different things in life. We talked about relationships uh, Thursday night, about, about just resetting relationships. And we've all got that cousin or that uncle or that, that family member that we had this spout with or this spat with at some time or another that we hadn't really got over. And maybe you don't have none of those. <laughs> but sometimes what happens is, is it's the little things. How many knows that, that, that if you get a little splinter in your hand, that, that you know it's like one of those things, you're just like, man, I got a splinter in my hand. But you go on and you do your job and you do everything that's going on and, you know, it's just a little small splinter. You just kind of, you know, you're trying to deal with it here and there. And before you know it, it stays in there long enough and it gets infected and doesn't get any better. And so that little bitty splinter just starts hurting. You know, it might take a week or two weeks or three weeks and, and, and it just starts hurting and hurting and hurting. It's like, man, I got this splinter. And that one little small thing got in your life and irritated and irritated and irritated and got your mind off what you was doing and brought pain. And that's what the enemy likes to do in our marriages. How many in here is married this morning? How many in here wants to be married? <laughs> Didn't have too many of those hands, praise God. Y'all was looking around at all the married people and saying, uh-uh, I don't want to now. We're going to talk about reset marriage. Now, now, there's a lot of different ways and a lot of different things. I mean, me and my wife uh, celebrated 25 years working on 26. Praise God. So far, we're working on 26. Amen. And, uh, and, and we've been through, through some stuff. We've been through some places in our life. And when we look back at what we've been through, 
we can genuinely just sit down and tell you that it, it was not the big things that almost destroyed us. It was the small things that we overlooked. Those are the places, like that little splinter that gets in, those are the places that when we overlook that we don't pay attention to over a period of time and over years, we... Uh, Dear God. Nick, quit being a loud mouth. 29 years. No, I'm just kidding. Working on 27. How about that? Working on 27. I forgot we was in a pandemic 26. Praise God. Th that don't count, does it? <laughs> Amen. Lord, help me reset my marriage in the name of Jesus. Mark chapter 10. Lord, let me, Mark chapter 10, verse number 1. Mark chapter 10, verse number 1. When you get it, just stand to your feet for the reading of the Word of God, would you please? Mark chapter 10, verse number 1. Look at your neighbor and say, Neighbor, God's going to move on your life this morning. Look at your other neighbor and say, Neighbor, and God is going to move on your life this morning. Mark chapter 10, verse number 1. Then he arose from there and came to the region of Judea by the other side of the Jordan. And multitudes gathered to him again. And as he accustomed, as he was accustomed, he taught them again. The Pharisees came and asked him, is it lawful for man to divorce his wife? Testing him. And he answered and said to, to them, What did Moses command you? And they said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and dismiss her. And Jesus answered and said to them, Because of the hardness of your heart, look at your neighbor and say he's going to talk. Because of the hardness of your heart, he wrote you this precept but from the beginning of the creation God made male and female let me say that again God made male and female for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh so then they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Let's go to Matthew chapter 24, verse number 10. Amen. You can turn to it or you can look at it right here on the screen. And then many shall be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you right now and we thank you. Father, we thank you for your glory power. God, we thank you that you're going to move in this place this morning. God, you're going to shake some things up. Heavenly Father, Lord, you're going to speak to our lives. And those, Lord, that... that, that that are not married in here this morning. Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, even in relationship skills, uh, you're going to speak to us, God, uh, and you're going to speak to this congregation uh, and those that are watching me at home. Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, you're going to restore places uh, that need to be restored. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You may be seated. 
Praise God. If there's one thing that uh, that has put a mystery, I think, in all of our lives, is this scripture right here that we just read, where Jesus said that two will become one. And it and sometimes it's really hard to fathom how two people can become one. But that word become is a thing that I think we really need to hone into because a lot of times we're always trying to find instead of become. And in marriage, we have to understand this one thing, that when we're looking for somebody, we're still becoming. Look at your neighbor and say, did you hear him? We're still becoming. When we're looking for somebody, we're still becoming. And the thing about it is, is when we find somebody, we're always saying, man, I want to find that one person that just makes a difference in my life. I want to find that one person that is just perfect. And we're so busy trying to find that we forget that we are becoming. Sometimes we forget our faults. Sometimes we overlook the little things. Sometimes we overlook those places in our lives and we think, you know what? I don't have any problems. Does, does, does anybody in here think like that? There ain't nothing wrong with me. I ain't got no issues. I ain't got no problems. I ain't got nothing wrong with me. Everything's all right. It's always her. It's always him. It's their fault. And before you know it, we get into these places that we forget and, and we start and, and we get so busy trying to be mamas and daddies that we forget to reset. We forget to go back to that place and just reset. And, 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 and we're like, oh, man, I just love him so much. He's so laid back. I mean, he's just, he's just, I mean, he's just so laid back. But we don't realize that laid back is code word for lazy. And so four or five years into the marriage, the laid back is getting, well, he won't ever get up. And, and that part that you loved about him, now you hate. And now y'all standing over in the other side of the room and you're like, I don't know why you're so laid back. You won't do nothing. Well, you loved it when we was dating. <laughs> and things just begin to happen in our lives sometimes. And we go on and we just try to do everything we can do. And, and we find a good church and we think if we find a church, then everything's going to be great. If, if we find the right school, everything's going to be great. If we find the right career, the right job, everything's going to be great. If we just love on God, everything's going to be great. But the thing about it is, is we have to learn the art of reset. It's a very powerful thing. It's not just coming to church, but it's becoming the church. That's what he wanted us to do, to become the church. Not just go to church, but be the church. Look at your neighbor and say, be the church. See, and it's the little things sometimes that really, 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 really gets in our hearts and lives and tries to stop God what he's doing. See, because, because families can really realize this. I mean, we can talk to Christian families all the time. We can say, who's number one in your life? And the first thing that they're going to say is God. And that's a good answer. But we have to understand what Jesus said. Jesus told the husband, he said, to love your wife like I loved the church.
That, he said that the wives, here's the word that we hate, wives, ought to submit to her husband. Woo. So, so if the husband's got to love the wife like Christ loved the church and the wife has got to submit unto her husband, oh, man, submit? You mean I got to do everything he tells me to do? No. And if that works for you, tell me how well it works. But the submitting part has nothing to do with being a slave. It's understanding your roles and your part. If the husband is the head of the, of the household, how many knows that the word of God says anything with two heads is a freak? And a lot of times we're not learning how to stop and just reset. And the thing about it is Matthew chapter 24 is the end of time's message. I understand that. And Jesus said that in the end days, in the last days, and he throws this word in here, and he says many will be offended. I've never seen a time, a time like we're living in that everybody is offended. I mean, you don't even have to be a Democrat to be offended. <laughs> you can be a Republican be and get defended. Uh, defended. Offended. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I mean, we see it everywhere we go. And what happens is, is our marriage just begins to take these these, 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 these different roles in place. Uh, I'll never forget that Linda Wilson uh, told me about uh, a, a, a one particular story in her life about her and Leroy when they was married. And uh, Leroy was, was the sweetest man that you'll ever see, and, and I, I still don't know how that happened. Anyway, Russ, Russ was made. That's how it happened. Anyway, uh, <laughs> But she was telling me a story one time, and she said they was driving down the road, and I can't remember all together. But anyway, something happened to the car, and it caught on fire underneath. And said that Leroy got out of the car and said they just stopped at this store, and they got this big gulp cup of, of, of root beer or something like that. I mean big. I'm talking 44, 54 ounces, maybe 64. I don't know. It was huge. They just got it driving down the road and smelt something, and something caught on fire, and so they pulled over to, <laughs> to the side of the road. Leroy got underneath there, and Linda, I don't know what she was doing underneath there. She's not a mechanic, but Linda got under there too, and they was looking, and Leroy was trying to put it out, and Linda took Leroy's cup of pop and throwed it on the fire, missed the fire, and hit him right in the face. <laughs> and he said, Linda, get in the car. So Linda gets in the car, and they're going down the road. He finally got it put out, going down the road. And Leroy's sitting over, and he looked over at Linda, and she's uh, going, and it's hot. And said, Leroy's eyelashes by this time, by all the pop and stuff, was sticking together. He couldn't hardly open them up. And he said, where's mine? She said, I threw it on the fire. Just... Little things throughout your life sometimes will happen like this. The funniest thing happened to us this uh, weekend. We was at uh, a uh, <laughs> in Kansas City, and so a Great Wolf Lodge took the kids to spring break. And so anyway, we was leaving. And how many knows that when you're around a lot of people, especially Kansas City, they get on your nerves, and it's really hard to stay saved. Come on, somebody. And kids screaming and telling you, leave me alone. 
all these kinds of things going on. And so, and so we decided we was going to go eat. So we went to this one place, got everybody there, finally found out how to get in the building. It's the craziest thing. Finally get up there, and they tell us two hours late. We looked at everybody, and they're like, uh-uh, we ain't doing that. We ain't waiting no two hours. And so then they had a bright idea, let's go to the Japanese steakhouse. And so me, I said, Japanese steakhouse, every time we take these kids somewhere, they want to eat Chinese. Why can't we have a hamburger? <laughs> so we get there, and so, and so we get to, to the hibachi grill, and we're sitting there. And, 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 and so the chef is cooking everything up, and he's getting some shrimp. And he goes, okay, we got some shrimp. Who wants to take some shrimp? Who wants to catch some shrimp with their mouth? And I said, I'll do it. And so, so he flips some shrimp. I missed the first one. I caught the second one. Everybody's clapping, yay. So we go around the table, and everybody gets one. Anna's sitting over, and, and I, I, I said, you do it, Anna. She goes, no, no. I said, do it. She goes, no, 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 no. I don't want. I said, oh, come on. Because see, if you, if you do that long enough, she'll finally say, okay, whatever, let's do it. <laughs> and she goes, no, 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 no. I said, oh, come on. She goes, okay, okay. And so he goes, here we go. And I, and I forget, she does not like fish. <laughs> I've, I, I've, I've, been, I've been married to her 26 years, going on 27. <laughs> And she does not like fish whatsoever. And so she goes, oh, okay. So he flips that. And right in the middle of her, she said, is that shrimp? And she catches it. And she starts chewing on it. She goes, mm-hmm. But little things like that going, going through, sometimes that can cause a lot of issues and a lot of problems. And being in church and being being saved and serving God and loving on God, but still forgetting that two are becoming one is the mystery sometimes that we forget about. Because we have to come together and be the one. Come on, somebody. You may walk in separately, but, but joined together, you have to be one. And one of the greatest things that the enemy likes to do is cause little small things in your life to come up to cause all kinds of problems. He likes for you to get mad and stay mad for weeks and months. He likes for you to say that you're over it, but you're not over it. And when the next time comes around for the argument to come, you bring up something that happened two years ago. Y'all's not even looking at one another. Y'all just looking straight ahead. He likes to cause those little offenses in your life because because when he can cause those to come, those things will cause all kinds of problems in our lives. They will cause all kinds of issues. Come here, Lane. Ask him, come on. Move this over there. You're so strong. Right there, that's good. Y'all stand right here beside. Y'all give them a hand clap. They look good. <laughs> he says, what are we doing? It ain't none of your business. <laughs> See, Ashton and Elaine hadn't been married very long. Two years, he said. Two years. Going on three, he knows. <laughs> Shut up, man. It's my youngest son, but I'm fixing to whoop him right up here. So, been married a couple years, going on three years. 
And what the enemy likes to do is take those little things in your life sometimes, and he likes to separate you. Because when you're closer together, you see things together, and you handle things together. But when you're separated, then there's a lot of room in between, there's a lot of things that can go on in between that the enemy can use against this marriage. But when they're closer together, then the enemy can't get in between. But when they're separated, <laughs> then the enemy likes to get in here and just do all kinds of crazy things. And they're separated over here. And yes, they're in the same place, but the separation causes confusion. And if they don't learn to reset, then they'll go for the next 10 years of their life doing this right here. But when they stay closer, the enemy cannot get to them. So what happens is, is that one day, Lane makes a comment on, my mama cooks really good biscuits. And Ashton just got through cooking biscuits. And he never talked about how good her biscuits is. But all of a sudden, they're sitting at the breakfast table. And Lane just, come here, Cody. Lane just says, my mama cooks really good biscuits. And so she looks at him. She don't say nothing. She don't say nothing at all. But she takes and she builds this wall. And so two years later, Lane's wondering, well, why ain't I getting biscuits? Well, he said his mama makes good biscuits, and she never said nothing, but she ain't cooking biscuits no more. And Lane's wondering, well, why ain't I getting biscuits anymore? <laughs> and there's a wall built. And so then Lane gets upset because every time he drives into town, Aston knows how to drive better. She knows the fastest roads to take and the best roads to take, and she knows how to get there faster. And so every time they get in the vehicle, Lane throws up an offense. <laughs> and now they went for for six months or seven months, and they haven't never reset. They're just talking to each other. He's going and getting the food. He's still feeding the baby. He's changing some diapers, but not many, because he's still upset. Well, every time we go to town, she's always throwing up, oh, I can do this, and I can do that. I remember one time I was going in Joplin. My wife said, why did you go this way? And I said, what way? She goes, I never go this way. And I said, well, you ain't driving you know what? She didn't talk to me all the way to Joplin. <laughs> we finally got to Joplin. I said, there's something wrong with you. She goes, I just don't like the tone of your voice. I said, what tone? She said, when you told me that I wasn't driving. I said, well, babe, I'm driving. It's my vehicle. It's my... I just kept digging a bigger hole. It's my vehicle, my gas. I'm driving my insurance. And I mean, it's just like... <laughs> so I had to reset real quick. Hey, let's go in here and buy some new shoes. You want some new shoes, man? I want to buy you some new shoes. <laughs> but buying new shoes will not fix some problems in your life. They will just 
kind of throw a few things over, but they won't fix any problems. And so what happens is, is they go through life, trying to get the tallest men I can find in here, and the ugliest. As they begin to go through life, what happens is, is now they come to church, and when they get to church, before you know it, Lane starts talking about how everybody else does really good about, about just, just doing things in church that Ashton is doing. And Lane's just trying, to, uh, just trying to compliment, but at the same time, he doesn't ever really compliment her because they're married, and he doesn't think, well, i got to tell her that all the time. So he's just going through, going through life. And we forget, man, here's the thing that we forget. If we're supposed to love our wives like Christ loved the church, then we shouldn't just give out compliments when we get presents. We shouldn't give out compliments when we feel good. These ought to be something that we do every single day. Come on, somebody. And so now every time they come to church, Lane don't know it. And there ain't nobody doing this. I'm just making this up. Lane don't know it. But now every time they come to church, here's Ashley sitting over here, and she's watching how Lane just uh, talking about how everybody is, and she never gets any compliments, any things, and before you know it, it just keeps building in between. And see, and see, resetting our marriage really has nothing to do with coming to church and pastor preaching. It's about our hearts. It's about coming before God and telling God, Lord, I come before you and I ask you to forgive me in the places in my life where I didn't deal with. In the places in my life where I looked over and I just thought it wasn't my fault. Next thing you know, you know, Lane, here's old Lane. Oh, because I want your wife to see you. <laughs> so here's Lane he's just going through life and before you know it he's talking about how everybody else has got great parenting skills and he's just he, he's just talking and before you know it little by little things begin to build up and come in between and so you go through life and you do things that you know to do you pray you read, you seek God, you give, you bring your screaming kids to church. <laughs> All of these things, and still little by little, you just keep going through these places, and, and, and you just think that, 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 that being a Christian and going to church, everything's all right. Listen to me, married folks. Even if you're not married, listen to me. Listen to me. There's a time when you have to stop and you have to reset your thinking. Sometimes you say things that are offensive to the other person and you don't even know it. And then when they get mad and offensive, then you get mad and offensive. And then a week goes by and two weeks goes by. And before you know it, y'all quit talking. And then there are certain things that y'all just do not talk about. You don't want to talk about them because, because if you talk about them, then it brings things up. And there's nothing that really got situated or straightened out. He just got thrown underneath the rug. He got put on the back burner somewhere. And now here we are going through life. And before you know it, everybody else sees us, but they don't see behind closed doors. And the thing about this is behind closed doors is when the most intimate talks should come. 
Intimacy is not about going to bed. It's about telling the, the, the secret things in your life, the things that nobody else gets to hear. Intimacy is, is what I like to call the pillow talk. When you lay down at night and you tell each other the things, uh, your, 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 your uh, biggest fears uh, or the biggest things that really uh, destroys you or comes against you, that's when you tell one another. Nobody else gets to hear it. Mama don't hear it, The kids don't hear it, The pastor don't hear it, But the husband and wife talk together. And that's what the enemy is trying to do. He's trying to pull t together the two that become one to keep them too and if he keeps you too see you can come and you can fake it and you can look good and you can buy daddy a Corvette or a Harley I'll take a Harley praise God you can do all of these things I mean, you can buy new shoes, you can buy new dresses, you can put your kids in the finest schools, uh, you can come to church and you can uh, wear your Estee Lauder or your Brute 33, praise God, you're too young for that, praise God, and all of these things going on, and you can still wear those things and come into those places, uh, and people look at your life, but it's a mess, uh, and, 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 and you have never reset, uh, and I'm going to tell you right now, you can go through counseling, because I have counseled many people, and numbers of people, uh, and you can go through as many times as you want, but the counselor cannot reset you. You are the only one that can reset you, and you are the only one that can get right back with God. Y'all step the kids closer. This way. This way. And here's Lane, and here's poor old Aston. Ashton says, baby, I love you. <laughs> oh, he's going to get it. <laughs> Lane, you want to go to town? Lane says, who's driving, me or you? <laughs> Lane. You want breakfast this morning? <laughs> you gonna cook mama's biscuits? No. I'll cook grands from Walmart. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that was really mama's biscuits and he was too dumb to know it. <laughs> <laughs> Mama didn't do anything but go to Walmart and buy grands. <laughs> Lane, why are we so far apart? Lane. <laughs> I'm your wife, Lane. I mean, she's your wife, Lane. <laughs> I don't understand it. And see, just the simple little things. Because now what the enemy has done is built a wedge in between, in between two people who's becoming one. See, see, listen, listen. Becoming one. That means that the day they got married, they didn't just, blah, blah. here we are. We made it. We got married. We're one. No, they're becoming one. And these issues and these places and these things are going to come up. 
Wait till you've been married 26 going on 27 years, son. You'll forget a year here and there, but thank God you're in church in front of all these people when you do it because she can't get mad. <laughs> Till later. Shh. How long have you been married? Long enough. <laughs> and what happens is, is the things that Lane liked about Ashton was, Ashton was real quiet. You didn't even know she was around. And now, that's all she does is talk. I mean, she talks. She talks, she talks during a football game. <laughs> she talks all the time. And now the thing that he loved about Ashton was, uh, is, 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 is that she was real quiet. But Ashton really didn't know Lane. Even after they got married, she really didn't know Lane. But now they're becoming one, so she's talking more, and that's a blessing because he prayed about it. But now there's so much in between them that he's mad about things that he shouldn't be mad about because now God is answering prayers uh, that he prayed that God would answer, but there's a fence, uh, and, and a fence in between them, and they can't see each other because everything that they're doing is apart and not together. And God wants us to be together. God said what God put together, let no man separate or put asunder and offenses will come in. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Nope. Come here, Aston. So now, after Lane says, hey, baby, I love you. <laughs> Will you forgive me for being so stupid? <laughs> Nelson says, yeah. <laughs> I will, Lane, because I love you. <laughs> when I walked into your house and seen you for the first time, I told God, he's going to be mine. True story, by the way. And now, they've just been married a few years. And now the two that are becoming one are now two staying two, and there's no becoming. And these little things will show up. They're small. I didn't think no big deal out of it. I mean, that, that hey, mama makes good biscuits. And I mean, I mean... He didn't think, he just said it because he's complimenting his mom. Hey, mom makes good biscuits. But she got offended, and really, really she shouldn't have got offended, but she got up that morning, and Everly was crying all morning. I, I mean, she blew out three diapers. Lane never even offered to help. And she's doing all these things, so she got all this going on, and Elaine talks about mama making good biscuits. <laughs> and it's little things sometimes when we're doing the small... I know this is just, uh, talk. every one of y'all understand this and know this because you can probably say, hey, this is kind of happening, I mean, in, in, in our lives. And it's just small things. They're living in the same house, but there is a wall in between them. And so they're now not becoming one. They're still two, staying two. Instead of becoming, they are staying. And the enemy wants to come in because, because here's the thing. He wants to come in and he wants to separate. 
He don't mind them living together and saying they're married as long as they don't come together as one because the Bible said that, that, that where two or three are praying together, that whatever you ask in the name of Jesus, uh, that it shall be done. And so now their prayers are hindered because they have a wall in between them. Now their prayers are hindered because they have things coming in their lives that the enemy is bringing, and he's done it for years. Give them a hand clap, will you? And our biggest failure of, of, of being married is that we don't understand that the quicker you repent or ask for forgiveness, the smoother it gets. Well, I ain't gonna tell her I'm sorry. I said I'm sorry last time. I didn't even do nothing wrong this time. Not even my fault. She's the one who did it. She says, well, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna tell him I'm sorry because I'm not. <laughs> he just shouldn't have did it. And so the longer that the enemy can keep you apart, the longer that the enemy can keep you in the same house but not staying in the same agreement is the less prayers that you will get done. Married couples, hear me this morning. One of your greatest purposes together is two becoming one because now there is nothing that will not ever get settled in your house when you come together and pray because if two or three are gathered together believing and touching anything whatever you ask it shall be done and that's what the enemy is wanting to get done is for you not to come together as two one of the greatest things because when a husband and a wife come together and they get married and they pray together and, and they, they, they go to church together and they agree together then there is nothing that can come in between them because they can come against it and they can stand up on it and they can pray about it and God answers it. One of the most common questions that I get when, 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 when I'm doing marriage counseling is how do we get past this? Most of the time in marriage counseling they come in and they have an issue. There's an issue that brought them there. And the issue that brought them there, when we sit down, nine times out of ten, we never talk about the issue that brought them there. We talk about the things that the other one isn't doing. Well, he doesn't do this anymore. Well, she doesn't do that anymore. And so the issue that brought them there that was that was tearing them apart, they was already ready to get over that anyway, but there was an offense in between them and they couldn't get past it. They didn't know how to pluck it up and remove it. And the best thing to do, look at your neighbor and say, get ready, here it comes. Look at your other neighbor and say, here it comes, is to get over it quickly. Listen, the best thing to do is to get over it quickly. The best thing that you will ever do in your marriage is to reset, is to get over it quickly. I know that what happened really probably shouldn't happen. What they said probably shouldn't have been said, but there's a lot of details going into, and the reason why it was said is because y'all was not intimate enough to know the fears and the hurts and the worries 
and the failures. So all of those things that you're scared about or you're worried about, you never even knew. And you wonder why all of a sudden, you know, she was so great. I mean, everything was just, just great. I don't understand what, what, what happened, Pastor. I don't understand why we're in this mess. I, but the thing about it is, is you didn't really get to talk to her about what happened to her in her childhood. Well, you knew about it, but you didn't hear her point of view about it. And so she was trying to get over it because she wanted to move forward in her life. And so when she found you, she thought, well, I'm going to find somebody who will understand me. And now three years later, you never even ask her the questions about the devastated night when she got molested or hurt or lied to. You just knew it was there. But the questions never really got brought up because you was too busy staying apart instead of staying together. So the becoming one wasn't happening. The ring didn't do it. The piece of paper didn't make you one. The preacher standing in front of you saying, kiss the bride, didn't make you one. God did. He brought you together. It's called holy matrimony. He come together and spoke into your life and brought you together, and you came together. Now, the enemy's throwing these little things up. Now, all of a sudden, you don't know. I don't understand. I don't understand why old Johnny's doing that. It doesn't make any sense. He's never done that before, but you didn't talk to Johnny long enough. You didn't have the intimate talk with him at night. You didn't find out. You didn't become one that Johnny's problem really isn't his boss, but it's his boss sounds like his dad, and it's irritating because his dad was mean, and his dad rolled with his fist, and his dad always beat him, and his dad always ridiculed him, and his dad always put him in the room, and he never got what everybody else got. And he never got the man to look down and, 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 and to love on him like a father should. And that's why things are going through right now. There's an offense. Y'all never talked about it. You got married because I love him. I love her. Oh, I found the one. What are you going to do if you're all messed up and you find the one that's perfect? What are you going to do to that person? we are to come together and learn what God is doing in our lives. And the more we talk, the more the things we reset. It's like, I don't like, I don't like how you did that. So the first thing in my mind was, I don't care if you locked it. But I have to stop that. Now, I haven't always been able to stop that lane. <laughs> Sometimes it just come out, and I try to stop it. <laughs> because I didn't stop it, I didn't get steak. <laughs> so I've learned over the years. Here's the thing, and I'm coming to a close here. Here's, here's the thing. There are some things that can happen in your marriage and you can come together and be healed of it but it can cause post-traumatic syndrome and you not even know it 
And 10 years later, what you should have gotten over because you said you was over. You brought it to God. You asked God to forgive you, and God did. You forgave one another. There was still a wall of offense in between y'all that you never really talked about it. Well, you went to church, and you asked God to forgive you, and you felt good about it, but you, but you never talked about it. You never removed that fence place in your life. And so, therefore, it's causing problems. And, therefore, things that happened 10 years ago or 5 years ago or 20 years ago, it's never been resolved. It's just always been thrown a blanket of church over it. And so, therefore, things begin to come back. And now the things that you thought you was over are the things you could get past. Now the things that are really raising hell in your life. And the younger you are, the easier you forgive. The older you are, the more resentful you get. Remember when you fought your buddy on the playground? On recess, went back in, did your math, went back on recess, and y'all was best friends again. Now you let somebody say something on Facebook. We don't talk for two years. Because the older we get, the more resentful we get. But if we learn to remove little places in our life that matters the most, then the friendships and relationships outside there will not come in between us. But I'm telling you right now, if you got things inside of your marriage, if you got things coming up in your life that, 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 that are keeping you from becoming one, then yes, you're going to have relationship problems with anybody else. It's quiet in here. And the enemy has set back for years, and he has watched you divide each other. You don't talk. Pastor Anna, come piano, please. Pastor, how do I reset and how do I pull these places up out of my life that are destroying me? It's a simple thing. You remind God what he put together. And you tell the devil he ain't destroying it. And you start on the reset in the places in your life that needs to be dealt with. See, a lot of times we don't deal with them. Well, preacher, I mean, if I bring it up, all it does is just cause a fight. She gets mad all over again. Well, I tried to, preacher. I tried to tell him what's going on, but every time I do, he just gets more resentful and he just gets madder and, 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 and he, he just drinks more, cusses louder. It doesn't ever stop anything, so I just let it go. Just pray that God will do it. The thing about it is, if it's not reset, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get bigger. It's going to get bigger. Come on, somebody. It's going to get bigger. And coming to church does not reset your marriage. You coming before God and asking God to forgive me, then going to your spouse and telling your spouse, I genuinely ask you to forgive me. You may have to do that 12 times a week, Billy. But it's okay. Do it and continue to do it. 
wives, you may have to do that several times, but you know what? The more that you get used to doing that, the more that you will come together and join together and love one another and respect one another, and now you start opening doors again, and now you start going places again, and now you start doing those little things that y'all did while y'all was dating, because now you're not just husband and wife, but now you're becoming one. There's a big difference. There's a big difference of finding one and becoming one. There's a big difference of searching and finding that one person than there is becoming one. Because it takes work, it takes effort. And just putting the Christian bumper sticker on your car, just straight out of life changers, ain't going to do it. Only God. Only God is going to come together in your life and genuinely reset the places when you ask him. The Bible says if you have aught against your brother, to bring your gift to the altar. And And if you haven't forgiven your brother, then to leave it at the altar and go to your brother and ask them to forgive you before you dare come back and leave anything here. In other words, this is what God is saying. God is saying, I'm not going to have you to come into church and just bring me gifts and me just bless you and you leave and you still got problems with somebody else. And the two people that ought to be the strongest is the ones that are married. But but the more you're separated out here, the more the junk gets inside here. And so now, instead of talking about what you're doing, now you have to yell across the room, what do you want? And the enemy knows. And he comes in on many times. And if we're going to reset it, God has to do it. And we have to ask God to come in and reset that. But we cannot ask God to reset my wife because she needs it. Lord, I want you to reset me. I want to love my wife like Jesus loved the church. Lord, I want you to reset me. I want you to reset the way I've been seeing it. I want you to reset the things in my life that I need to see the most. My problems, my issues. Lord, let's fix mine. Let's fix mine. And if both parties have got to understand we got to fix ours, then coming together and talking about things is a whole lot easier. Every head bowed. All over this place. Stand to your feet all over this building, would you? Husbands, just grab a hold of your wives. 
Boyfriends and girlfriends, just grab a hold of each other just for a minute. I see my reflection when I lock eyes with you. I feel your affection, I love to get lost. Thank you, Jesus. Cause you're my obsession when I lock eyes with you. If you're here this morning and you're married and you say, Pastor, I heard what you said this morning. Pastor, I want to take a blessing this morning. See, we bless our bikes, we bless our boats, we bless our houses. A lot of times we forget that every now and then we need to stop, reset, get our lives blessed, get our union blessed, get our marriage blessed. Maybe you ain't married. Maybe you have a girlfriend, a boyfriend here this morning and you would like to say, hey, I want you to bless our relationship because, because we want to get married, but we want to stay married. We want to continue married. I want you to bless our relationship all over this building, all over this building. Hey, thank you for choosing Life Changers Church to listen to. Our services are Sunday morning at 1030. We also have King's Kids Church available as well. Sunday morning. We offer a midweek lift service on Thursday nights at 7. And to all of our visitors who are in driving distance, come and worship with us here at Life Changers Church. The Life Changers worship team is amazing and the full impact of worship cannot be explained on experience. Hey, check out our YouTube channel and our podcast on iTunes. We're also on Spotify as well. You can find all of these under Life Changers Church International, Pittsburgh, Kansas. This full title and name will lead you straight to all of our programs. Hey, check out our Facebook page for all of our events and our outreach that we do in the community each and every month. God bless you again and have a wonderful and blessed day in Jesus.